What are managers' fear of coaching? Coaching for Potential will help you reset and rewire your leadership language. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. I'm extremely excited to talk to you today about what are managers' fears of coaching. This past week, I worked with a client who actually purchased Coaching Manager University for all of their frontline leaders. And I was excited about the potential of working with this organization. And I got to work with the entire C-suite, the CEO, the CFO, the CLO, all the chief folks at this organization. And one of the questions I asked them is, what is your fear of coaching? And I didn't think I would get such an extraordinarily wealth of information. And even folks at this level, the amount of fears they had with regards to coaching was truly profound. And it made me pause and it made me think on the way home. Are there other managers out there that truly have a fear of coaching? And do they share the same fears that these folks share? And could I help them overcome those fears by giving them some tricks and tips to overcome the fear of coaching? So one of the coaches that I most admire is John Wooden. He was the legendary UCLA coach, and he had done an extraordinary job bringing that university up to truly being an NCAA Division I powerhouse. He said, a coach is someone who can give correction without resentment. And I love that. Can you give correction without resentment? And truly using the coaching model that we've been showing you on Coaching for Potential, you truly can give feedback and correction without resentment. I interviewed another manager for my best boss book. And that manager said their boss always used this quote, my goal is to be developmental and not critical. But if I cross that line, if I cross that line, please let me know. I thought that was an extraordinary quote. I'm going to read it again because it's just a really powerful idea. Be, development not, be developmental and not critical. And if I cross that line, let me know. I think that is so important for us as managers to allow employees the ability to say, you know what? You've gone across the line. It feels critical. It feels like this is hurtful. This that the intent may not be there to build me up. And we've always got to have that intent to build them up. And so I asked the managers on the C-suite of a client who just bought Coaching Manager University for all of their frontline folks. I asked them the question, what are you afraid of? What are your fears of coaching? And one of them was said immediately, I'm afraid that I might misguide them. And I truly believe that may be a powerful t fear for many of you out there. But the key is this. You're only going to misguide them if you try to give them direction on what you think they should do. But if you truly go from the perspective of really listening to them, delving deep into what are the underlying issues that are keeping them back from their top performance, and you're truly asking them questions with curiosity, care, and concern that you want to see them be successful, guess what? You're not going to be able to misguide them. You misguide them when you, in fact, are working on your agenda and not their agenda. When you're working on trying to get them to where you want them to be and not where they want to be. So you might misguide yourself 
and then misguide them? And I think that's an important question. Ah, this is another one. As a manager, I feel like I have to have all of the answers. And I think this is a really powerful concept and idea because you don't have to have all the answers with coaching. And that's why I love coaching. You just need to relax and ask the questions. If you ask the questions from a sense of curiosity and your intent is to make them feel better about themselves, to build their self-belief and help them grow as individuals, you're not going to have to have all the answers. What you do need to have is the right questions, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, but I think that is so important. You don't have to have all the answers with coaching, and I think that's such an incredibly powerful concept for all of you to address and to know. Ah, this is a great fear. This person said, not knowing what to do, and I think that is really powerful with regards to when you're first a brand new coach. And these folks in the C-suite were actually being taught coaching for the vast majority of them. I would say clearly 80% of them, they hadn't been formally taught coaching. They knew over time that asking questions and helping engage people in that regard was a much more powerful leadership technique. But they hadn't been taught, trained how to coach like I was teaching them that day. And what they wanted to do was, you know, I may not know how to do it the way you're talking about it here. And I said, you know what, if you follow along with your team and what they're going to learn in Coaching Manager University, you will in fact know what to do as you go through the process. So relax, learn, and be more effective as leaders when you in fact are coaching and asking questions. Uh, I love this one. One of the managers said, am I asking the right questions? That is truly a powerful concept and a powerful idea. Am I asking the right questions? Wow. Who would have thought? And I think that's the concept between which came down and is another point down here where a person said, I might understand the science of coaching, but I may not know the art of coaching. And I think those two fears that they put on two different bullet points on the flip chart I used, one said, am I asking the right questions? And I may understand the science of coaching, but do I understand the art of coaching? And I think those are powerful ideas. Now, the science of coaching is the question is the answer. Whenever you're stuck, ask another question from a sense of curiosity, but to help build that individual that you're working with, to help build their self-esteem, to help build their confidence, to help build their skill set. If you do that, you're going to be great at coaching. But you've got to ask the right questions. And the science of coaching is asking the questions, obviously. And the art is asking the right question at the right time for the right reason and the right purpose. And if you do that, you're going to be an extraordinary coach. You're going to be great at coaching. You're going to be great making an impact with the folks that you work with. And I thought those two questions of the fears that people had were extraordinary fears. They were extraordinary concepts, extraordinary ideas. But I also, one of the things I use as a measurement when I'm working with clients is I I call it the have matrix. H-A-V-E. Are they honest? Excuse me. Are they honest, authentic, vulnerable, and are they engaged? Truly, in order to coach someone, you've got to use the have formula. Is this person being honest with you? Are they being authentic? Are they being vulnerable and are they engaged? If they're not using if they're not doing those things, then you don't have someone who truly wants to be coached. 
So I love the have matrix. It's something I developed by working with just a whole host of clients, but it's a question you need to ask when you're working with your folks, the have matrix. Now there's three types of coaching and says, you know, will I be using the right coaching at the right time? And we talked a little about the, the various times that you could do that. And so I said, okay, give me some examples. Give me some processes. And we talked about fears for a, a considerable length of time. That's the reason I'm doing this podcast because it was so resonated with the senior leadership team that I was working with. I thought it was extraordinary, the ideas that they talked about. And I thought it was extraordinary about the concepts they talked about and the depth of the discussion that we had. And so they asked, you know, when do I coach? And, and I said, well, what do you mean by that? And the manager said, well, there's basically three times that I coach. One is when I check in and I might say things like, what's been completed? Where are we at in the project? Where are we at so far? Did this vendor get back to you? Those kinds of questions. And that is a check-in kind of coaching process. And I think that's important. And that's numero uno. The second one is developmental coaching. You know, where do you want to go in your career? Where do you want to go in this process? Where do you want to go to your next step? How can I help you get there? And I think that's a great question to coach people from a developmental concept, a developmental process. And then the next one is a coaching conversation. How is your current role going in general? How can we improve to work on your performance? What is happening right now that we need to work on, that we might be able to help you with? Any challenges that you're having with other folks? Any challenges you're having with other folks in the organization? Um, any, any folks that are not delivering on time? Do you have any, any people who are being snarky and pushing back? So you might have a coaching conversation like that. So there's three kinds of coaching conversations, a check-in coaching conversation. What have you completed? A developmental coaching concept where, where do you want to go in your career? Where do you want to go in this organization? What's your next step? And then a coaching conversation, how is your current role in general? How are things going for you? Do, can I help relieve any pressure or tension? Or can I get rid of a roadblock for you? Or can I talk to another manager to help you work with another team so you can get the information you need more quickly and effectively so you can be more efficient and you can get the job done? I think those are great questions. Checking in, developmental planning, and coaching conversations are three of those. But the manager said, my fear is I'm not sure which one I should use at the right time. And I think that's a great question. And obviously, check-in, you want to do that when you want to say, hey, where are we at? Developmental planning, you may be just a rarer concept, but it's important to ask that question. Where do you want to go in your career? Will this help you get in the career? How can I put you in a spot that will help develop your career? And then the coaching conversation is, what are things, how are things going right now? How are things happening right now? What can I do for you? So check-in, developmental planning, or a coaching conversation are great ways for you to be more effective as a manager. Another question that they asked about a fear of coaching, is my management team going to measure my coaching skills? Is it going to be something that is going to be on my annual evaluation? Is it something that my supervisor is going to keep me and hold me accountable? And I said, well, if they truly do it effectively, it will be something that becomes part of your expectations in the organization. If we don't hold people accountable on any level, they won't do what we're expecting or they're asking. Really, expectations are held, are really, really reinforced when we hold people accountable. If we make an expectation, 
but yet we don't hold them accountable. It's not their fault. It's ours. So the question is, ultimately, as a senior management team, I ask them, what do you want to do in order to keep your team accountable? What do you want to do to make sure that they are fulfilling their role as a coach and helping people develop or to check in or to have those coaching conversations? Are they, in fact, building more leaders? That is a great question to ask. And it's also important for us to make sure that we're moving in the right direction. So is the management team going to measure your coaching skills? I think that is a great question, but it also was a fear of this particular manager's. Also, another great question is, if I do it, am I going to be rewarded? Am I going to be measured as a good coach? Will I be given bonuses or incentives for coaching effectively? And I think that is a great, great question. Because in an organization, I think organizations have two requirements. One is obviously producing the goods or services that they produce. If they're, in fact, a financial organization producing loans and transaction accounts for their clients. If they produce something else, um, then they produce education in a school system. Are they, in fact, educating those children to the point that we expect them to be at? So that's a great question. And do we, in fact, hold people accountable? So are they going to be measured and rewarded? Are they going to be measured and rewarded as good coaches? And am I going to be measured as a good coach? And will I be recognized for that? And that truly comes down to, again, senior leadership's responsibility to make sure they measure, monitor, and manage the coaching culture of their organization. If you don't measure it, you don't monitor it, you can't manage it. And I think that's so critically important. I love what Time Magazine said. Coaching, which can help managers talk with subordinates about their developmental needs, absolutely affects the relationship positively. And I think that's so important. Coaching can affect your relationships. And one of the fears that managers had is if I'm coaching folks, will I impact that relationship negatively? That's one of their fears. That's one of the things that's holding them back. And fear will hold you back from so many things. It's remarkable what fear will do. When you say, I'm afraid to do this. I remember when I was in college and I was debating for the very first time. Now when I stand in front of an audience of 500 to 5,000, it doesn't bother me at all. I love it. I love to have an impact in people's lives. But when I first did it, I truly, my knees were shaking so bad that I wondered if people actually saw my pants move. I mean, I was just, my knees were shaking. But once the competitive juices started flowing and once I realized I could compete at this level with my colleagues and my peers, boy, I got after it. And the fear was replaced by a desire to win and a competitive spirit. And that's what you have to have in coaching. What are you going to replace that fear with? Is that fear going to be a desire to help someone grow? Is that fear going to be replaced by a desire to see someone become a VP or a CEO? Is that fear going to be replaced with your visions and hopes and dreams and aspirations of the future? You've got to replace fear with aspirations and hopes and wishes and dreams. And don't let fear become holding you back. I'll give you an example of a fear I had when I was working with an employee. It was the first employee I ever had to fire, and it was devastating for me. Matter of fact, I waited nine months and probably eight months too long. I actually saw this single mother living under a bridge with her daughter, and it kept me up at nights. But I knew I kept working with this individual, and I wanted them to succeed. 
But finally, I recognized they were in the wrong spot. And it was my responsibility to make the decision to move them on. They did, in fact, move on, found a better job, made more money, and were happier. I postponed their happiness by nine months. My fears kept them from their hopes, wishes, dreams, and aspirations because they didn't have the courage to quit. But once they were fired, they too had the courage to go out and look for another job. So don't let your fears hold you back. Another question they had is that, and I said, this is really fascinating. You know, what is coaching and will I do it correctly? And that's a great fear. Wow, will I do it correctly? And I admire this group so much because they had the courage to share their fears with me and to be able to be honest and authentic and vulnerable. And they were truly engaged. And I admired them tremendously. And I think they are a great team and a great organization. And I truly believe that Coaching Manager University is going to truly help them improve their culture significantly. And so another fear is, or another obstacle that another manager had is, is why can't I just tell them what to do? And so we talked about that, about how's that worked for you in the past? Are people engaged when you do that? But when you ask questions and you engage them and you say, what do you think? How would you do this? What are your priorities here? What are the seven steps you would do to get this project done? Rather than say, these are the seven things you need to do to get this project done. How do people engage? How are they drawn in? What are the results? And I think that is a great question. And another person said is, I don't know if I can effectively coach, which is kind of a question earlier. I may not know how, but the key is it's just like learning how to ride a bike. You start out, you're afraid of it, but you see your peers doing it. You see children your age doing riding the bike. So you say, you know what? If other managers can coach, I can too. So get on that bike, get after it. And you can in fact accomplish tremendous things with that. Ah, what if my employees don't take to coaching? Well, that's a great question. And you've got to measure their engagement, their involvement in the process. And if they're not, you may in fact have the wrong person in the role, or you may not have measured their desire to improve. And so it's a great question to say, you know, what's your thoughts on this? What's happening here? When we have these discussions, what's going on in your mind? So that you can get truly down to the base issue, the root cause of it. Because if you don't understand the root cause, you can't be an effective coach. Uh, and the question is, I'm afraid of coaching the wrong people, which also another person said, yeah, who should we not be coaching? And I think that's a great question too. Those people that are not engaged, who don't want to do it, or should I coach managers? And this was around the discussion. Should I coach managers who be coaching other people where they look at the task of coaching as just another to-do list item? And that is truly when you're looking at people who are task-focused versus people-focused primarily. And it's more complicated to that. But basically, those people who are just task-focused want to get those jobs done, they see coaching as just one more thing they have to do. Whereas those people who are developmental-focused, those managers who want to see their team grow and develop and then move on in a positive way, they see coaching as an added tool to build their team, not just a task they have to complete. And so the senior management team had to look at their folks which of them will say, this is just another task I have to do, and which of those will say, this is a great tool to build my teams? And then the other question was, will there be a lack of support by us 
to our folks? How do we know that we're giving them support they need in order to coach effectively? And I thought this was a great question. And then I said, you know, from time to time, just ask them, are we being supportive of you? What can we do to help you be a more effective manager or coach? What can we do to help you grow and progress? And I thought that was a great idea. And one of them, their fears were that some of the people in the organization may lack the belief or the mindset to be an effective coach. And I thought that is a great question, that they have the fear that they don't believe they should coach. They don't have the mindset of a coach, and they may, in fact, be holding the organization back. And I think that is a great question to ask and a great concern for all of you. And another one is a lack of structure for our coaches. And I said, that is a great question. And one of the keys you've got to have is you've got to have some kind of structure, maybe SMART goals. And SMART goals are specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely based. You've got to have some structure around it, like the GROW model from John Whitmore. And that's goals, reality, options, and will. So you've got to have some kind of structure around your coaching model so that you can do it effectively. And these were some of the major fears that people talked about. But the ones I want to kind of reiterate again real quickly and just kind of go back over are, I'm afraid that I'll misguide them, that I won't have the answers, that I won't know what to do. Will I be asking the right questions? What is a coaching, conver- excuse me, what does a coaching conversation look like? These are all great fears that you might have. And another fear that the person had is that, you know what? People might have a story that goes too long, and I won't know how to cut them off. And I had a podcast with Dan Rockwell, uh, the leadership freak, and I'll actually put that in the the notes. But I love Dan Rockwell because he would basically say, you know, after listening for about 10 minutes, respectfully and kindly, is say, What do you want the solution to be? And what he found with many of the folks who called him up and were looking for advice, they really, truly hadn't looked at what they want the solution to be. They knew they had a problem. They knew what they wanted to complain about the problem. They wanted to moan and groan and cry and (laughs) all of that. But they hadn't thought of a solution. And so your job is to sometimes challenge people. If you had a magic wand, I love this question. If you had a magic wand, what would you do? But see, these are some of the fears that managers have, and these are some of the ways that you can overcome them. But you replace fear with something. You can replace fear with more fear. You can replace fear with a sense of loss or a sense of, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Or you can replace that fear with hopes, wishes, dreams, and aspirations. What did, what brought our forefathers across a vast expanse of ocean with nothing more than their hopes, wishes, dreams, and aspirations. Were they afraid? Absolutely. But were those fears replaced with their aspirations? Yes, they were. You have to replace your fears with aspirations to help your career grow and to help your team's career grow. Because in this leadership podcast, we're going to help you reset and rewire your leadership language. That's what we're here to do. And also I want to talk for a moment here too about Coaching Manager University. Uh, I've had a number of folks who have bought that for their teams, and it's a 52-module online program 
where I, in fact, have a PowerPoint and I do the voiceover and lead you through a couple of great resources that can help you be a, a better coach. So what I'm doing is I'm actually offering a free edition of Coaching Manager University to the first person who sends me an email and say, hey, I want Coaching Manager University. You send me an email at Rory at coachingmanager.university. That is Rory at coachingmanager.university. And I'll also put that in the notes along with Dan Rockwell, the leadership freak. And we will send you a free copy of Coaching Manager University. So you can, in fact, improve your skills in your organization. But remember, Coaching for Potential will help you reset and reset. It will help you reset and rewire your leadership language. Coaching for Potential, when you listen to these podcasts, it will help you reset and rewire your leadership language. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to become a more effective, a more powerful, and more persuasive manager. And by using these techniques and overcoming your fears, you can accomplish that goal. Thank you all for listening today. Have a great one. Go out there and get them and replace your fears with hopes, wishes, dreams, and aspirations. Happy managing. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.